Welcome to the Unexpected Leader Podcast. You know, in the past, God chose to call fishermen and tax collectors to join him on his mission. Today, he still calls the broken. They may be sons and daughters of mechanics or of business women and men. You may be one of them in a position of lay or vocational leadership in a church or a mission agency, maybe an educational institution or denominational leadership. But if you, like me, find yourself unexpectedly in leadership, then this podcast is for you. Thanks for taking the time to listen in. I'm your host, Garth Williams, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Lois Mitchell. Lois, good to have you again. It's great to be here. And Lois and I are joined with Carolyn Steves, pastor at West End Baptist Church in St. John's, Newfoundland. Carolyn, it's nice to have you with us today. Thank you for inviting me. Carolyn, if you can think back to uh, grade 11 and grade 12, and you were giving thought to what it was that you were going to do. Was it ministry? Was this what you perceived God doing in your life, as inviting you into a leadership role within the context of church? Absolutely not. In fact, probably at my high school reunions, people are gobsmacked and shocked <laughs> that I am the senior pastor of a church. Anything but. I think uh, I had very limited goals. I uh, was engaged and met and married my husband very early on in life, but I think I wanted to be a writer. That was probably my number one heart. Mm -hmm. I was an English major in university and... Uh, this was my this was my goal is to write, um, which is kind of neat because I'm writing a three thousand word essay every week now <laughs> with my messages. Exactly, exactly. As you as you kind of look back then, mm. and and you kind of go, this is the direction that I sensed. You know, I was headed. I wanted to write. Chose English as kind of my major, right. my focus. Then all of a sudden, you're in pastoral ministry, or how did that happen? Oh my goodness, it was so gradual. Uh, it was two decades, actually, uh, that it took for God's call to actually brim up to the top for me to even consider it was a possibility because it never was on my radar. And it was through the innovative ministry of a local church, a very small church that had been declining, and they had called this new young pastor and uh, this pastor, when our family came in, was preaching God's word in a way that I could finally understand and apply it. I'd never heard that before. Mm. God's word always seemed to be out of reach for me and not understandable. And here for the first time, and I think I probably wept for the first six months going to this church because I felt like God was calling us back, um, calling us to him. And we had just started our family. We had our first daughter at the time. And so it was like, you know, wow, a light was coming on. And then what happened next was just so subtle. And I mean, God knew what he was up to. Um, but this pastor, again, identified gifts in me because I couldn't ever see mm -hmm. that in myself. And isn't that just the beauty of community, yeah. of, of the biblical community looking and saying, I see this in mm -hmm. you. And I would be like, no way. <laughs> and the next thing I knew, I was a lay person, a woman no less in our context, baptizing and preaching and given leadership roles that I thought perhaps were not appropriate mm. 
at that time for a woman to have because I hadn't done a whole lot of study on uh, women in ministry at that time. So I was probably coming from a more conservative approach um, at that time. But it took 20 plus years of local church ministry, leading small groups, preaching, teaching, being allowed to use my gifts, um, that finally an opportunity came where our church became a multi-site church. And this pastor said, you know, we've been looking up the recipe for a campus pastor or a site pastor, and you have it. You've got the DNA, you have the evangelism gift, you have leadership, you have a pastor's heart. Would you dare apply <laughs> for this? And I was just, again, gobsmacked. Mm. Couldn't believe that this mm. could even be a possibility. And I think that's when the light was coming on. That I should consider seminary studies. That I actually consider a safe way under the campus pastor you know, umbrella mm -hmm. of testing out my pastoral gifts. Could I do this? It was seven years later that I had a leader come to me and say, you know, I'm wondering if you're a bird who's outgrown its cage. I'm wondering if you're going to ever get beyond what you will be allowed to do in this context, which isn't a bad thing, no. uh -huh. but is God calling you to spread your wings and fly? Well, this just sent me in terror. <laughs> In terror and fear and loathing, yeah. thinking of that. And at the same time, I was entertaining a call mm. that would see me as the senior pastor of this church that I'm currently serving in, have the privilege to be in. I, I think that's it's interesting, Lois raises the, the notion of that safety net sure. to yeah. kind of be under that umbrella. Leadership is scary oh. and can at times mm. be paralyzing you know obviously that notion of you know for us the unexpected leader like we arrive here and it's kind of like okay this is not where we saw this coming but then we're entrusted with this responsibility to help shape and mold other leaders how has your experience in in that context shaped kind of how you now how handle young emerging leaders and Carolyn, I know you and I have talked before that that really it's you have like a bounty of young leaders, young adult yes. leaders within your congregation. And so do you find yourself replicating some of the things that were replicated for you that your pastor had done for you in giving leadership? Mm. Yes, absolutely. When I think about it, I was in my early to mid-20s when I began to be given these leadership responsibilities. And here we have not just a student population um, from the university in the city in which we are called, um, but we have mm. a thriving young adult population. And if they don't see themselves um, included uh, around the leadership table, then they are they are going to go. They're going to mm. go. And as the spiritual leader of that congregation, you know, mm. have I given them an opportunity to use the gifts that God has given mm. them mm. that are ready now to be expressed? They shouldn't have to wait until they're 15 for someone to hand the mantle to them finally, where they can finally have a voice and, and make decisions. I'm all about equipping and empowering, mm. identifying their gifts. Mm. And it's so funny to watch them. For instance, I'm away this weekend, and I have a 25-year-old student uh, who's going to be preaching for me. And she's never preached before, <laughs> but she said yes. Yeah. And she's also been a deacon. That's awesome. She's yeah. uh, been a mission yeah. board chair. Like, yeah. she is a leader, and I need to let her lead. Same with many other areas. So my policy is, if there is a leadership table, a search team, a committee, 
we need to have representation from all generations. And by the way, mm-hmm. we're a multi-ethnic church too. Mm-hmm. We yeah. need yeah. to yeah. have people yeah. from our you know, international community yeah. and getting people to the platform to show, mm-hmm. you know what, this person, this is a young adult, but look at the gifts. What do you think are some of the risks in giving your your platform away, your podium away? And and I, and I say this coming from a context where the pastor that I would have flourished under uh, as a young leader was a pastor who, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, who who mm-hmm. had gave away his pulpit mm-hmm. all the time to those of us who were young adults, you know, high school kids, university kids, and he just gave his pulpit away. I look back now, and I think that was great for me. But even as someone who's led in a local church context, there are certain concerns, I think, that emerge out of that. What, what, would, what would you identify as kind of going, yeah, that's a risk? Oh, it's a huge risk, whether they're a young adult or an mm. older adult, I find, in giving mm. my platform. I found that, you know, when you thought there was someone you could trust, and all of a sudden there's this misstep from the platform, and if I, I've had to clean up on aisle six, and I've had to <laughs> yeah. make public statements about what was said and yep. to apologize if it offended anybody. Mm. Yeah. However, I have a preaching team. And so, therefore, this person will be um, crafting their message with great, not necessarily supervision, Mm -hmm. but with great, you know, um, they're open for feedback. How Mm -hmm. can I make this better? Now, you practice that for me. Mm. Well, how about if you said that this way? Or way to go. Or, you know, you're messing with your sweater. It's distracting. Right? And we also video our preaches. So you can bet that this young adult who's preaching Mm. Sunday We'll sit together and we will watch her preach. That's great. And we will yeah. make notes. We have a rubric that we use. Yeah. You know, uh, how, how long did it take you to get into your scripture? Did you have a great story to hook people in? Here's where you can improve. And by the way, I have the same feedback as the senior leader right. with this preaching team. Right. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they cool. are yeah. marking yeah. me. I need to get better. Yeah. I'm never as good as I could be. So the preaching team, so that's a number of people that consistently right. meets together. That's correct. And it's kind of a pool of preachers that can be drawn on. That's a really great um, kind of model. So how does someone get into the preaching team or the preaching pool? Yeah, well, what's really cool is, so for me, when I landed at the this church, there were two lay people who had their Master of Divinity there, there was one who probably missed his calling and should be in ministry formally, who had gifts of proclamation, right? Mm-hmm. Gifts of mm-hmm. teaching, gifts of preaching. So we work hard at trying to identify those people who have a passion for mm-hmm. preaching God's word. And I mean, one of the first things they said to me as they were um, considering calling me, will you allow us to preach? Mm. And uh, I said, you know what? I really would love to get together a team, and you are yeah. valuable resources. Loaning me commentaries, we share mm-hmm. our resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, we plan out our message series. We try to plan it out at least a year in advance if we can. Now that's you know it was yeah. really exciting last year. We hit that mark. We're not quite there yet, mm. um, but many heads around a table, many minds. Where do we need to go next? What do our people need to hear next? What, mm. but where, what are, where are we going to do? So to get on the preaching team, I, I think that we identify those gifts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like, so we'll see if this young adult uh, makes her way onto the team. Mm. 
And That's I great. can't imagine her not. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. a great concept. Yeah. 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 Although, as I say that, one of the one of the functions of this podcast is to to tell stories, mm. different stories. And, you know, so I'm thinking about the church context that I'm in, very small rural church. Mm. And, you know, probably that model is not going to be right. as appropriate. Like, sure. Um, so I think even in your setting, so yes. some people have gifts of proclamation. Are there other ways that you're identifying or people kind of rise up to fulfill? fill other functions hmm. formally or even informally within the church. Absolutely. So again, I'm all about Ephesians 4. You know, as a pastor, as leaders, we are called to equip Whip. the people to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're not meant to be yeah. doing it all. So what we have intentionally done mm-hmm. is worked into our church calendar at least twice a year, a spiritual gifting seminar. Yeah. And we encourage people, you know, yeah. If you've put your faith and trust in Christ, you have at least one gift, probably three. Yeah. No one's got them all, only Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> but we want to make sure we match you to the ministry that's going to fulfill your calling that God yeah. has on you yeah. and fully form Christ in you. I call it e-harmony for ministry. <laughs> Everybody's got a match. Yeah. There's a place off the bench and into yeah. the game yeah. for everyone. Yeah. Um, we, we haven't got that down. Yeah, by any means. And we probably maybe have 25 or 30% of the church that's gone through this. Mm. I can't make people, you mm-hmm. know, but talking about um, the body and how there's many parts. And yeah. anytime there's not a part that's working, it hurts the body. Yeah. Yeah. And we just want to be a real healthy church. Mm-hmm. And how do we get everybody motivated mm. yeah. to say, no, I've got a gift. I can't be sitting here on the bench. Carolyn, when when you kind of think about where your journey began and to where you're at now, is there a moment where you can kind of go back and kind of go, this is what God designed me for? I think it's taken time for me to gain the confidence Mm. uh, of the call. And that's probably for a variety of reasons. But I truly do, and I think it has happened in these past, I've been there five years now, March. I can finally see... Uh, that yeah. this is exactly where mm. I'm meant to be doing exactly mm. what I'm meant to be doing. And I've had mm. to enter into some very difficult rooms. I've had to mm. address difficult things. And this church looks at me and goes, you don't let anything pass, do you? Like, usually we could sweep that under the rug and just walk on and not. But no, I have to deal yeah. with these difficult situations, which yeah. are exhausting when probably eight out of ten conversations can be difficult yeah. ones, wow. but it's those times where we see people making decisions, yeah. where they're offered an opportunity to come to Christ. Our baptistry is busy. Yep. There's a splash nice. zone now. Like we, <laughs> we really like God is at work, mm-hmm. um, and we just assume that right from the start. So how can we join Him? Right. Yeah. I really appreciate though that you're bringing up the chat. Like you know, you said eight out of ten conversations oh. are hard ones. And I tell you, I grow weary. Some days I want to go down to the Starbucks and Mm. become a barista. Yeah, yeah. Because I think, you know, you serve your coffee, you smile, you leave at 5 o'clock. Yeah. You got your weekends. Yeah. So what's what's keeping you in that place where you're feeling, this is where I'm meant to be, but yet it's hard, day Mm. by day, challenges? Absolutely. I'm just now gaining momentum. Yeah. 
come through a couple of tunnels of conflict. The shine is off now. (laughs) Honeymoon's over. Now we get down to real nitty-gritty. And we've had a couple of huge decisions that we've just Mm -hmm. made in the past month that will see us move into a totally different direction Mm -hmm. now that this church has never been before, Mm -hmm. include changing their name and becoming a multi-site. Isn't it neat how it comes back to Mm -hmm. where where I... Yeah. have gone through name changes in my first church multi-site <laughs> yeah. for me to just abandon ship now mm. um not man, happening that's not a, happening not <laughs> happening like they might run me out on a rail that that's that's their choice when i go to that place where i say you know what uh, maybe this isn't worth it it's too hard mm. yeah. um but god just comes in he said i'm expanding your soul you're, you're gonna get through this yeah yeah. Uh, don't cut and run because this is the danger period. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, between the three to five year mark, honeymoon's over, and then mm-hmm. people just say, no. Yeah. yeah. But it's been a journey, and I have to say, um, it's because of, again, that biblical community speaking into my life, um, that biblical community that pushed me along to stretch my wings and having these were mentors respected Mm. people that I would be at their door in tears going I don't know what to do I don't think I can do this but the answer was well no you can't Mm -hmm. yeah but but if God's calling you to it, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. he yeah. will do it. When you went uh, to this church, did you have a pre-established kind of idea of where you wanted to lead the church, or was it were you feeling your way along? Hmm. That's a great question. I think when I got there, um, some philosophies say, don't make any changes for two years. Mm-hmm. Well, they got the wrong gal. Like, <laughs> sorry, um, I did, and this, you know, just kind of a, get into the culture, figure yeah. out what's on the go. And then I knew kind of the three big rocks that I needed to try to get started to roll mm-hmm. that would then lead us to, I didn't know where. Mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. no idea yeah. Yeah. about multi-site. That mm-hmm. just dropped out of the air. Like, that wasn't part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I needed a vision team established, right? Mm-hmm. I knew we needed a search for a second staff person. There was a piece on the team that I mm-hmm. needed, mm-hmm. Uh, for sure. Um, and then the governance change. I, I knew those were the three big rocks. Yeah. And they took about two and a half years to, you know, come along. Yeah. It just took time. And I'm thinking of, you know, pastors maybe that have just moved into a, a, a church and sure. are, are looking at the kind of taking the lay of the land, beginning to identify what some of those rocks are. And two and a half years seems like a long time in some ways, but those rocks probably maybe took decades to form and to be there in the way. Do you have a sense for like, did that consume your time or what other things were you balancing at the same time? It consumed most of my time Mm. because I was out to meetings uh, probably three out of the five nights a week outside of, you know, the weekend responsibilities Mm -hmm. of preaching and teaching outside of the responsibilities of, you know, just pastoral care, Mm -hmm. etc. which by the way, now we have a team for that, like, which I'm part of, but Mm -hmm. it's not all on me. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it, it consumed, but I thought to myself, and I just, you know, in prayer, I just said, this is going to be a bit of a sprint for Mm -hmm. the short term. Mm -hmm. This isn't going to be forever. And if I can take do some self-care and just make sure I'm you know healthy and and uh, watching myself 
because I had to be in those meetings. It was mm-hmm. it was all new mm-hmm. to everybody, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I had to try to help to lead the change. And change takes time, but by the very virtue that they called me, I figured they were looking for a change. And, and it takes time to bring people along with you. Because mm-hmm. I can go way out ahead. Mm-hmm. But you know, as you hear, if you look behind you, there's nobody there, you're not a leader. I had to make sure that everybody at every level felt they had a voice mm-hmm. and input into each step along mm-hmm. the way, mm-hmm. which helped things to get unanimously move mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You referenced earlier uh, self-care. So, uh, you know, for leaders today, you know, there are all kinds of stress and the weight can be, you know, kind of overwhelming at, at times and not kind of, but significantly overwhelming at times. So for you as a leader, uh, what practices have you found that work uh, to kind of help you both in self-care as well as continue to replenish and restore your soul? I've uh, ruthlessly protected my day off. I have ruthlessly protected my Sabbath. I've asked for a quarterly weekend away and then I've shifted my day off from Monday because I mean I was just drooling on Mm. Monday after Mm. Sunday to Friday so even though I probably would have a little bit of cleanup on my message on Saturday there's just that feeling that I had Mm. these two days together that I wouldn't have to be working the whole of the Saturday as well and that just has helped me very very much not to Mm. resent the weekends not to resent everybody's winding down and I got to gear up, you know? Mm -hmm. Being out in nature for me, walking, running, it's Mm -hmm. a stress release Mm -hmm. for me. Just, uh, I really need to be moving. And plus, I've changed my eating. I've changed it up to just try to um, be careful. I've gone off sugar. I've gone off, you know, I just feel better. Mm -hmm. I don't feel as foggy, you know, lower carbs, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't work for everybody but that's what Mm -hmm. I'm that's Mm -hmm. what's working for Mm -hmm. me right now Mm -hmm. but I recognize that so oftentimes as leaders we ignore the body but the body and the emotions and all of that is very much a part of everything else and so it can't be ignored what am I feeling why is my stomach in a knot Mm -hmm. what's Mm -hmm. on the go Mm -hmm. and these things you, you know, yeah. you can just ignore those, but they're warning signs. It's like ignoring the engine light on your dashboard. <laughs> yep. and, and I've come through a time of, you know, anxiety, feeling, you know, anxious about things. I have a spiritual director, someone who can help me untangle all of that. Ooh. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, been part of a pastoral uh, group on a resilience journey together. It's the only room where I can truly be me mm-hmm. and share what I have gone through. And I can't do that with my church. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can only go so far mm-hmm. with a good friend in the congregation. Yeah. But there's that extra level. And I would just so recommend, mm-hmm. especially for early young leaders, do you know, have someone speaking into you meeting regularly. You know, get into a pastoral peer group where you... Yeah can share with one another your struggles and your joys. Uh, those have become my best friends that yeah. I can just in a minute say, pray for me, man. Yeah. I'm having a time. You know, like sometimes people say it's, it's lonely at the top. You know, you can get into leadership and, and isolate yourself, um, but you're doing just the opposite. You're surrounding yourself with people that you can be accountable to and, and real, vulnerable, you know, like honest with. Uh, which in itself takes time and discipline, I'm sure. 
Um, oh, it did, and it was time I didn't think I had. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when I was invited into this group the first year, I said no. Yeah. And then, you know, God just took me to a place where I knew I needed. Mm-hmm. I needed this. I could not afford not to invest the time. And he he blessed mm-hmm. me thoroughly yeah. through it as I became more and more aware of who I am and why I do the things mm-hmm. that I do. Why was I so driven? Mm-hmm. What was that mm-hmm. on the go? Mm-hmm. And doing some introspection and, yeah. Yeah. and family of origin stuff, like just really hard stuff, mm-hmm. but important so that I can be a resilient leader. Mm-hmm. I want to stay the course as long as I can in this business because mm-hmm. it's a tough business. Did you get to a point where you think, okay, I am here. God's given me these gifts. He's given me this call. I am called to this ministry at this time and that I'm going to let go of some of the the fearful, like what are people thinking of me? Am I doing it right? Am I am I doing the things that God wants me to do? Is that something you're mm. continually wrestling with or have you come to kind of peace with that call? It just depends on on the day. There are times, especially with when faced with a really difficult decision, I think I'm just not up for this. Mm. Uh, honestly, God, you made a mistake. But then I have to remember it's not on me. Mm-hmm. It's on him. And so I've actually learned, like through this process of this group, through these, mm-hmm. you know, the spiritual director, etc. Just ask God. Yeah. Ask Him. Say, God, I don't know what I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I need, but You do. My key words are dependence and trust, and uh, I cannot be expected to try to figure things out. Yeah. One of the questions that we want to ask and use this podcast for is to help our our leaders or those who are going to be listening to this. Uh, try to understand some of the current um, issues that our leaders are facing and struggling with and working through. And uh, so the question would be, you know, just quickly, if you could, like, what are the top two or three um, consistent or persistent conversations that you're having with with the people that you're leading or working with and and or helping shape even young leaders with, like, you know, the top number three conversations that you seem to be having with them? One of the number one is uh, culture, is um, being a student of the culture instead of being angry at the culture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a huge shift uh, that needs to happen. And, you know, our church needs to grow younger. And uh, we've just brought on staff a young adult as our youth and children's pastor. He doesn't need to be instructed on how to reach his generation. Mm. He's part of it. Mm -hmm. But he's teaching me the language. He's teaching me Mm -hmm. the trends. He's teaching me. I need to be a student Mm -hmm. and say, now what what on earth is this about, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Why is it that you get upset if I want to call you on the phone rather than text you? (laughs) Well, because... I don't know what it is you're going to say, and I won't have time to process, and it just sends me in a flurry. Who knew? But it's not just him. All of my young adults, the next gens feel that way. Don't call me. But they hate to talk on the phone. Text me. Message me. Right? Um, So I think it's understanding the culture and the next gen uh, issue, being outwardly outwardly focused, Mm -hmm. but inwardly strong. Mm And uh, they notice me every Sunday I get up. I'm talking to the new people. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not talking to the regular attenders. I'm talking to the guests. 
And I'm using regular language. We're just people. We're on a journey. Welcome. We're glad mm -hmm. you're here. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so I just, I really think outreach is always a trick, right? Yep. It's always. Yep. And, and people inside, the insiders feeling cared for, but yet I say, guys, mm -hmm. you got to care for yourselves too, right? Like you've got to be self-feeders. You've got to be, you don't need people to spoon feed you like get into your small groups grow mm -hmm. that's that's mm -hmm. the recipe for spiritual growth get into your groups but get out there mm -hmm. and serve in your community I was I had a conversation with someone just recently and we talked about that people who especially people regularly on Sunday they're in church every week and and they have their identity within that context and then from Monday till Saturday they have a different identity and and finding ways to kind of bridge that gap between our personas so that we are we see ourselves in that way I love that um, that kind of image that you are Jesus in your workplace and in the neighborhood absolutely and yeah. your vocation yeah. God's called you to that if you're a Christian mm -hmm. it's not just formal pastoral ministers who've got the call every Christian mm -hmm. has a call mm -hmm. and how do we see that expressed mm -hmm. in our world that's how we are salt and light in the world yeah we can't yeah. all be pastors in churches we've got to be out there yeah and, uh, mm. Yeah, for sure. Just, but it's it's a struggle, right? It's a struggle. And to me, it's got to be everyday Sunday. We are everyday worshiping. We are everyday, mm -hmm. you know, wanting to love others and love God. Yeah, Carolyn, if you could go back to the young emerging leader, Carolyn, and kind of go back to that time <laughs> when, when you know you were kind of being challenged by your pastor to kind of take on some, you know, more leadership roles and being engaged, uh, you know, in, in in those early days of, of the site pastor, what advice would you give yourself? I think I would say, um, Carolyn, you need to be easier on yourself. You're expecting more than anyone else is expecting mm -hmm. from you, mm -hmm. and you're the only one who's expecting this. Your expectations are so high. Mm -hmm. Give yourself a break. Embrace your limits. Cut myself some slack on that sure. and embrace my limits. Nice. Yeah. I think a wise uh, a wise person I used to work with had said something once that that I I still wrestle with it, but he had said um, if something's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. You know, and sometimes when you turn some of those popular sayings around, like it, it's it's given me some grace because I think, oh man, I wish I'd I wish I'd had more time to do a better job. But it's better that I did what I could do in the time yes. I had than I didn't do it at all. Yeah, I think there's got to be a whole new definition yeah. of what success yeah, is exactly. for a leader. Yeah, uh, there, you know, like I say to my staff or mm -hmm. uh, my lay leaders, coordinators of ministries, mm -hmm. they're trying something new, and perhaps only a few people showed up, mm -hmm. and they're just so down. Yeah. Like we worked so hard, mm -hmm. we got out the promotion, yeah. this and that. Who knows yeah. why people it didn't you know uh, fly for that time. But I sit them down and I go, can I tell you what the definition of success is in God's kingdom, in yeah. my, you know, in my yeah. view, is that you did it. You did yeah. the event. Yeah. You did it. Yeah. And yeah. who knows? Right? Yeah. right? So that's it. And I think it's the same for us. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. I would rather try and fail than not, and you know, learn from that, yeah. than not have tried at all. And sometimes I think, yeah, it's that failing forward piece, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Carolyn, I want to thank you mm. uh, so mm. much on behalf of Lois yeah. and myself well, for you, you spending so this time with us. So appreciate the story of how God mm. unexpectedly calls us 
uh, into you know leadership roles, both as vocational and as lay. And mm-hmm. and we just so appreciate your story uh, of hearing that. And so so thank you for joining us, yeah. uh, Rich and uh, beautiful. Thank you so much, <laughs> Garth and Lois, for the invitation. And we want to thank you as our listeners of the Unexpected Leader podcast. Uh, thanks for tuning in and joining us. And we look forward to uh, chatting with you next time. Thanks for listening to the Unexpected Leader podcast from the Canadian Baptist of Atlantic Canada. We're a family of over 450 churches and organizations joined together with the mission of joining God in our neighborhoods. This is a podcast from our Center for Leadership Development, and we want to invite you to join the conversation by heading to Instagram, where our username is Unexpected Leader. You might also be considering whether God is unexpectedly calling you as a leader. And if that is you, we invite you to head over to www.yourcalling.ca and check out the content we've created just for you. Again, that website address is www.yourcalling.ca. Today's episode is part of Season 1 of the Unexpected Leader Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe so you'll get new episodes as they're released.